When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. On Theme is a production of iHeartRadio and Fairweather Friends Media. Haters get a bad rap, and for good reason. They demean, ridicule, and, well, hate. But they are oftentimes the catalyst in many of the Black storytellers we know and love origin stories. This week's episode, I'd like to thank my haters. I'm Katie. And I'm Eves. And in this episode, we'll discuss haters' place in the Black storytelling ecosystem. We hear about haters in songs, memoirs, acceptance speeches, and the like. It's possible that without haters, we would only have a fraction of the Black stories that we have today. You know what they say. No, Katie, what do they say? (laughs) Haters gonna hate. Okay. (laughs) Hating hoes ain't happy and happy hoes ain't hating. There'll always be haters. That's the way it is. Hater niggas marry hater bitches and have hater kids. That's enough, Katie, okay? We get it. They say a lot about haters. A hell of a whole lot. Like, for a group that is so widely disdained, they always get shouted out. And as a hater myself, Mm -hmm. I think it's time we look at haters for what they truly are. And what is that? Muses. Okay, muses. That's very flattering. And you know what? It absolutely is an art form. And Black folks have taken full advantage of its storytelling power. Everything in storytelling does not have to be positive. Haters are storytellers, too, and they inspire a lot of storytelling, too. Yeah. True, true. But I'd say a hater is someone who is always looking at the negative, quick with critiques, slow with compliments, most likely because they're jealous of whatever or whomever they're hating on. Okay, that's not a very good description (laughs) of somebody, and you identify as that? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not all the time, but I definitely can go there. And I think everybody does, but I'm just self-aware enough to admit it. I be hating. Okay. (laughs) I like how you flip that on his head. (laughs) You're self-aware. Okay. I mean, I 
I'm talking petty stuff. Like, I'm not talking about hate crimes or white supremacy or cyberbullying. I ain't into all that. And we're also not talking about people who offer criticism from a genuine place, right? Exactly. No one's above constructive criticism. That's not hating. Okay, good. I'm glad we're setting some boundaries around this. I'm a hater, but I'm rigorous. Shit. (laughs) Do you have an instance of being hated on? It takes a certain amount of bravado to say that somebody, there is a person alive in this world who even wants to hate on me or has a reason to. But, um, so humble. Look, I guess this is how we're different. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I I did think about it, and I, I thought about a moment that I was very annoyed by, and I didn't understand why it seemed like someone had animosity toward me. And this person was older than me, mm-hmm. and this person was in a position of power because mm-hmm. they were one of my professors in Ooh. college. I thought that I did fine in class. And according to the grade that I got in that class, which was an A, I thought the professor thought I did fine in class. Mm-hmm. But at the school, you could go and see comments that your professors left about you. And I'm looking through the comments, and I remember getting to this specific professor's comments. And it was a total 180 from the experience that I had in class. She and mm. I were cool. We had no beef whatsoever. Interesting. Like, I would even, I even, like, she. I, she's complimented me in certain instances. I go look through her comments. She says stuff about me, like, she was a partier. She would always come to class late. That was not true at all. You know how I am about school. I came to class on time, every class. Mm, I'm not. So she was lying, low She key. was, no, not low-key. She was lying. So what do you chalk that up to? Jealousy. Envy. Because, like, what else would it be from a person who is literally twice my age? So she saw you, like, a young artist, like, out here, like, on the precipice of life, and she was hating? She was jealous because that had passed for her? Or I mean, I don't want to guess because my guess is as good as yours. And I, to this day, am confused. Well, that falls into the old hater trope. Excuse me? You have tropes here? Oh, absolutely. You really have thought deeply about this. I know. Why would a hater not think about Hayden? I actually made my own official, unofficial list of hater tropes, and you'll get to decide whether you fall into any of these categories after the break. The wait is over. The Shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. 
Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, we're back, and I, for one, am ready to crack open your hater's handbook. So let's get into these tropes. First, there's the classic motivation trope, where the hater hates, which motivates the hatee, to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. And when the Haiti eventually succeeds, the Haiti turns around to taunt the hater with their success. Okay, that's very intricate. I must say also that I love the term Haiti. Yeah, you I know. think you might have coined this. <laughs> yeah, don't try to take my stuff, y'all. Um, so we see the motivation trope in T.I.'s aptly named Motivation. I honestly, Katie, I do feel like it's a little bit spiritual and it feels kind of Buddhist in a way. Like I did some Buddhist study and I continue to do so. It is, to me, relevant to this idea of tolerance that does come up in Buddhist sutras. So the idea of letting your haters be your motivators is it can be viewed from like a deeper lens, I feel like, where you're saying that there are people who you know are in your life that are going to cause you pain. You know that there are people who are going to say some stuff about you that you don't like, and that's going to be coming from them, and that doesn't have anything to do with you. And indeed, you can use that as fuel on the fire. Mm. You are practicing tolerance in that way. And, of course, I want to say here, to be very clear about it, that I'm not talking about abusive situations in any way. Not T.I. being a Buddhist philosopher. I mean, I maybe wouldn't go that far because he has a whole lived life. <laughs> but <laughs> parts of it and for this song and this idea of hating, the songs and the lyrics in the song kind of became a mantra for the people. Yeah. It's like instead of letting it be a thing that festers in a wound and grow and be something that you in turn choose to reflect back to the outside world— You choose to sit with it, acknowledge it, and then instead say, instead of letting this thing ruin me and using it to ruin others, I choose in this moment to make the decision to let it be something that motivates me. Yeah, I mean, I think in in the instance of the motivation trope, it is an example of it festering still, even though fester has a negative connotation, like... 
the hater is very much in this person's head mm-hmm. and they're saying like, oh, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to do this. It's a lot of external, um, what's the word? Like external locus of control a little bit, I would say. Okay. Um, because it's not like it's just in you. Like I want to be successful because mm-hmm. just because that's in me, mm-hmm. it's like this person did me wrong and I'm going to prove them wrong. Right. That's how I see the motivation trope. Uh-huh. Um, and we see it, we see it a lot. There's there's so many examples of that. And it's like, well, if this hater never came around, would you just be like right. twiddling your thumbs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting point. Because from that comes this idea of like, what's the value judgment between external factors weighing on you versus internal factors weighing on you? And is one better than the other? So I, I see what you're saying, because in one way it can be the very opposite of something that's conscious and mindful and thoughtful because you're only doing it to spite somebody else or to prove something to somebody else versus it being something that you would do without any sort of outside sway or influence. Um, And I think that's an interesting conversation, but I don't necessarily think that that negates the idea that it could be conscious because we live in a world, right? We have to interface with other people and we have to choose how to respond to them. And it's not like you can control what other people say to you or Mm -hmm. do to you. You can only choose how you respond. For sure. So pretty much everything we do is a response, whether that's internal or external. Mm -hmm. For sure. My mom is always telling me, Katie, you choose how you respond to people. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, I'm choosing violence. (laughs) (laughs) And that's valid, Katie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so next is the bandwagon trope. And this one is a fun one. And this one, the hater hates. The Hades succeeds despite the hate. But in a surprise twist, the hater tries to hop on the bandwagon. <laughs> but our Haiti has not forgotten. And our Haiti reminds the hater of their initial hater ways. Okay. So we see this in Cardi B's Bronx season. It's a really good example. So I feel like this is one that is very prevalent in rap. So I guess it can operate in a way that is holding a grudge. And it's something that you're not able to let go of. But it can also be a thing where it's boundary setting. Yes. And it's like, you did this before. I don't know. You won't do this again. Is it healthy to have you in my life? Why are you here? Because what are your intentions for coming back? It's snake. What do you mean by that? Okay, I feel like there's a lot of, um, like, childhood fables or folktales about, mm-hmm. like, um, a snake mm-hmm. that, like, bites you after you help them. Because it's like, I helped you. Like, why would you do that? And the snake is always like, because I'm a snake. That's yeah, what yeah, snakes yeah. do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if a person shows you that when you down it out, you know, whatever that looks like for you. In this example, Cardi says it was her stripping mm-hmm. or like, you know, trying to get it out the mud mm-hmm. and they hating on you. And then when you did your big one, they want to be in the in the group like, oh, yeah, I always knew it. Like, no, you, you know, you didn't. You right. actively tried to make it not happen. Mm-hmm. And so 
I mean, is is it holding a grudge? Sure, but I feel like that has a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. I like the boundary setting mm-hmm. because you already showed me who you are. And I feel like Black people love this quote. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> yes, I already know. <laughs> black people love this quote. But it always boils down to haters. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Who they are, believe them. Yes, absolutely. If a person says to you, I'm selfish or I'm mean or... I am unkind. Or I'm crazy. Or I'm cra- Believe them. They know themselves much better than you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that applies, especially so in a case like the one you just mentioned, because it's like you were doing this to that person when they were having difficulties. It's easy to treat people well when they're having a good time, when they're right. doing well in their lives. When they and can you want to be in their something. circle, exactly. Or when they can help add to your image in some sort of way. But when you're down and out and this person is hating on you and they're not helping you out and they're not being like offering positive reinforcement in your life, then you really just, you're not a great person. (laughs) So yeah, I definitely, I, I, I could see how you would lean toward the boundary setting side because it can be holding a grudge, but I could see how it would be more toward the other side because if you have a history of a certain relationship with somebody, then you're going to act in kind. You're going to act as that person treated you. Mm-hmm. Like not letting them too close because um, you've seen how they act. And I think if you were like, oh, we're cool, you always going to be looking at them sideways anyway. And that's where you lean into the whole situation of being cordial. Right. Which is a weird place to be in with people. Mm-hmm. Girl, <laughs> don't let me see a nigga out. It's on site. <laughs> Ain't no cordial about it. Um, you know what? And this is like this is a this is a cousin to another another way of hating that I've seen mm-hmm. is called the controversy trope. Okay. <laughs> so it's the cousin of the bandwagon trope, especially in the online world. Let's say, you know, another popular rapper or a popular writer, some artist who's putting out something, they're always going to be on the opposite of what they put out. Like, oh, this song is bad or this op-ed is whatever negative adjective Mm -hmm. just so that they can be in the news cycle. Okay. Because I feel like with journalism, there's like a lot of both siderism. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, well, you know— this op-ed talking about Black Lives Matter written by this Black journalist um, came out today mm-hmm. and people found it really enlightening. But this one conservative thinks that all Black people should die. So we have to <laughs> put that out there too. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. it's like you are like using that person's clout fame to elevate yourself. Uh-huh. And I find it a bit um, disingenuous because I'm like yeah I don't disagree with everything this person says but you you know how the algorithm works you know how the news cycles works mm-hmm. um, so that your name could be in association with them so if you are googling um, Beyonce if you're googling Ta-Nehisi Coates if you're googling you know whatever famous person your name shows up in that um, in that search history too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's a cousin of the bandwagon yeah because at once you're attaching yourself to that person exactly. in order to feed off of their you're a parasite ooh that's a, that's the name parasite the parasite trope yes. yeah <laughs> edit me edit me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and I f- that's a very of this age trope. It feels like some of these other ones have spanned across time. Right. This I feel one's like more more current, definitely. 
Um, It is, and I guess we'll see how it continues to evolve in the future, but we should be more self-evaluatory about it because it's so easy to fall into these things as people who have to make livings in this world, especially if you're in media and you're doing things online and your lifeline is kind of attached to being online. Right, and having an opinion. Yeah, we're forced in these boxes, and but and yet we don't evaluate the choices that we make and the consequences that they have and the way that it reflects on how we choose to talk about other people in the world who have their own lives and their own images to deal with on their own reputations that are on the line as well. And it's like, we're kind of damned if we do, damned if we don't. We're damned if we do morally and ethically because of the things that we're saying about this person for the click, for the story. But we're damned if we don't because we kind of need to do that to be able to pop, to stand out Mm -hmm. in this landscape. The other thing I would say is I feel like the Haiti definitely plays into this trope the most because I remember... You know, there's a rapper that I used to like, and she would be doing cool stuff and, you know, comment little positive things like, oh, you killing it. Go, girl. Love to see it. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, as social media um, is an interaction, Mm -hmm. but I noticed that she would never reply to any positive comments about her. But let one, like, there could be a hundred positive comments. Let one person say something negative. She writing a five-paragraph essay. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, girl, are you dumb? Like, (laughs) what do you think this is going to do? So next time when someone knows that they want your um, attention, want you to respond to them, what what do you think they're going to do? They're going to say something negative because they know that really gets under your skin. Mm -hmm. And It's a self-fulfilling cycle. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, I mean, I know I'm not going to say nothing crazy publicly about anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but like some people are just like, well, I want her to respond either way. So I'm not going to say anything nice because she doesn't respond to anything nice, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like this trope in particular, parasites are annoying and you want to scratch at them and pick at them and like get off me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it just attracts more. Mm. And that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 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 This is my favorite trope. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I call it the old switcheroo. So in the old switcheroo, we have a secret hater. Mm. And the secret hater only likes the Haiti when they're struggling, you know, trying to make it, but really not there. But when the Haiti becomes successful, Mm. switcheroo, the hater reveals their true hater ways. Mm. Okay, so why is this your favorite? You know, I like the drama, the intrigue. The haters are a little stealth, probably mm-hmm. sabotaging the Haiti so they remain in the muck and the mud with them. Mm-hmm. So are you this type of hater? No, if I'm hating on you, you will not be in under any illusion that we're friends. <laughs> so you're safe. Okay, just check in then. <laughs> uh, and I know you don't follow rappers' personal lives, but the person that comes to mind um, to me for falling victim to this trope in particular is Megan the Stallion. She addressed the situation um, with her best, her ex best friend in her song, Ungrateful. I feel like this is an antithesis of the last one because when they're down and out, everything's cool. Yeah. And then once a person gets some fame, gets people talking about them, is in the news, is in the press, or they're just or they're just watching them and they're in a position that they want to be in, then then that's when they become a hater. 
Yeah. But they've been a hater all along, is what you're saying. It, it was latent. It was latent. Okay. so Because like I think a, if the person never became successful, you would never see that. Okay. Okay. Ooh, that is, that's a stressful way to be. That's a stressful way to live as a person because that means that your like for somebody is disingenuine the whole time, but also like let people be successful because... There's only so much room in life to do things. And, like, so few of us are going to be successful, I guess, in, like, grand or larger-than-life ways. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I don't like this one, Katie. This this one bothers me. Yeah, that says my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's that thing about proximity. You know, maybe they aren't self-aware enough to know that they were going to have this reaction. But because of the proximity... It's like, we're friends. Damn, we like the same bitch. Like, why not me? You know what I mean? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's like, for her in, in Megan's case, her friend, who I believe she's known since at least college, um, you know, this girl wrote a diss track, a rap diss track to <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion. Really? So it's clearly, you're like, oh, I could do what she do. I can rap too. It was terrible. Mm. You're not Megan, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Um, embarrassing. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> but it's like the... Why not me? And and because of the proximity, mm. it's like even because I feel like haters at the core, it's always why not me. But because you know that person, that switcheroo happens mm-hmm. that you might not see coming as the hater. Mm-hmm. See, the only thing I will push back on is I wouldn't say across the board it's always a why not me. I think you're giving humanity a little too much credit in saying that it's probably always why not me because I think sometimes people just want to see the world burn. <laughs> They just don't, they don't care. It enlivens them (laughs) to release this hate and energy. (laughs) How do you feel about this trope? Like, do you think that it is one that is prevalent in our time right now? Mm. Yeah, I mean, and even what you said about, like, our lives are short and, like, not all of us are going to be successful in, like, these really grandiose ways. I think Mm. it it doesn't even have to be grandiose. Mm. I think I could get a... (laughs) <laughs> fucking new a new Honda Civic a bitch is be like <laughs> why not you be, me <laughs> <laughs> you be riding down the street you get to a red light and they looking at you real stank, stank. Like, you know what I'm saying Honda Civic a I, new d- one it doesn't have to be grandiose it could just be like <laughs> dang like she she got a new job before I did mm-hmm. I can't believe that she um I don't know. She got on a cute outfit and I don't. You know what I'm saying? It, it really doesn't mm-hmm. have to be grandiose. It's like, it's it's levels to this. And mm-hmm. I feel like this trope falls on every level. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's the proximity and the friendship or even maybe like a, a familial relationship where you can see this a lot mm-hmm. of the times. Because people, they grow up seeing you a certain way and they want, it's comfortable for you to be like, that's her. I know her. She's like this. But then when it's such a... When you see a change, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. that makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. What a sad way to walk through life. Oh, I'm sorry not, to these people. Sorry to that man. Okay, so I noticed that all of your examples came from songs, specifically rap songs. So are rappers getting hated on disproportionately? Is this like a systemic issue or something? I noticed that too, and I don't think so. We definitely have some R&B hater bops, <laughs> like Destiny's Child, So Good. Where Beyonce says, this is for them haters that said we wouldn't make it. Now we doing platinum, and now y'all can't take it. 
For all the people around us that's been negative, look at us now. See how we live. That sounds like it fits into the motivation trope. Ah, (laughs) yes, young grasshopper. Indeed it does. I learned quickly. (laughs) But I do think the nature of hip-hop, the bravado, the grit lends itself to this theme. I'm sure blues singers were getting hated on too, but because of what blues is as a genre, they probably felt more defeated after the interaction. Like Buddy Guy talking about, I can't win because I don't have a thing to lose. (laughs) Like, uh uh-uh. I'd be surprised to hear a rapper admit that. It ain't it ain't gonna happen. If they ain't won, the story ain't done. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> I do think the hater is a fruitful storytelling device, though. Like, all good stories have some sort of conflict. And when you're talking about a hater, the conflict is central. And it gives the audience clear heroes versus villains. And haters give the stories we tell ourselves structure and meaning. Hmm, interesting. Can you elaborate on that? Like, I used to find myself assigning meaning to the bad things that happened to me. Like, this had to happen, so I'd have a reason to go so hard and succeed. A lot of the stories we consume teach us that life cannot be easy, and not only are hardships inevitable, Mm. they're necessary. Mm. So I think haters are a good plug-in for an obstacle on the way to greatness. Without Mm. haters, the story would be incomplete. Yeah. At The Real Arian jokes about it in this TikTok perfectly. I'm trying to be a rapper. Let me starve. Stop helping me. I can't get on the track and say, my family ain't never want me to make it. My family never, they always hated on me. If y'all keep looking out for me, I need a story. That's what people want to hear. Sometimes you absolutely need a hater to tell your story. So what are some other examples of haters outside of music? I would assume that there's a bunch of them. For sure, for sure. What I found interesting was that the more long-form storytelling, the narrator usually doesn't call the hater a hater outright. And the haters I encountered in books and in news stories had their own tropes. Hmm. That's interesting. So why do you think that is? Probably because if you're writing a book, you're looking at events over a longer view. So instead of saying, this person is a hater, someone writing a novel or a memoir will tell a story and write a scene that clearly shows hey, we got some haters over here. (laughs) It's a little bit more subtle. Yeah, just a tad. Letting the audience come to their own conclusions through witnessing actions. And because songs are short, you got to get in and get out. You really have to get to the point. And for long-form haters, they seem to have more power. The haters were more powerful? Mm Mm-hmm. Which brings us to our next trope, the old hater. (laughs) Oh, baby. More after the break. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. 
It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Back with some old haters. Okay, oh goodness. Can you tell me what this trope is by the title? I mean, I have an idea based on what the title (laughs) is. Are you saying that an old person is hating on a younger one? Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Okay, so here comes the generation wars. I have receipts, and it's just (laughs) not an old person hating on someone because they're young. It's usually an older person who is in the same field or industry hating on someone in a newer generation who is, in their view, surpassing them or doing it the wrong way. Mm, yeah, that's kind of like a that should be me or similar to like an OK Boomer situation. For sure. Like Jesse Jackson, all <laughs> hair. <laughs> Not Jesse Jackson. <laughs> you know, baby, you rolled a clip. Well, actually, the audio isn't the best because sneaky Jesse Jackson was whispering on the hot mic. But what he said was, Barack, he's talking down to black people on the faith base. I want to cut his nuts off. Oh, my goodness. I forgot about that. The year was 2008. Barack Obama was campaigning to become the first black president of the United States. And what was Jesse Jackson doing? What? Hey, and... Why? Was it because Barack Obama was talking down to Black people as he stated on the hot mic? Or was it really because Jesse Jackson ran to be the first Black president in 88? Was it because Jesse Jackson was looking at Barack thinking, that should have been me? Mm. Damn, Jesse. And Jesse ain't the only old hater in the political arena. Girl, I know the political arena is full of haters. Full of them. (laughs) In Democracy in Black, Eddie Glaude Jr. writes about Al Sharpton hating on Black Lives Matter protesters. During his eulogy of Mike Brown, Al Sharpton threw a jab talking about some leaders mad about other leaders. More folks worried about getting on the program than developing a program. That's a bold choice for a eulogy. But then in a Washington Post profile, he went in talking about, I heard them saying that we don't want Sharpton taking over our movement. But my question is, what movement? Y'all ain't got nothing to take over. How come Sharpton's leading the march? Because I organized the march. I brought the crowd. I got the permit. Those porta potties cost us $20,000. You want to run the march? Fine. Get your own damn porta potties. Mm, you sound just like them, girl. <laughs> petty, petty. 
very petty, very old hater. But in both examples, the old hater has some power still, even if it's waning. Mm -hmm. They're of a mindset that there can only be one and it better be them. So I don't think you have to be old to have that mindset, though. No, I agree. We see this in the novel The Other Black Girl, which looks at office politics and the need for some Black people to be the only one or the favorite one. So can you give the people a little synopsis? Yeah. So The Other Black Girl is set in the New York publishing industry, which is notoriously white. We have the protagonist, Nella, and the other Black girl, Hazel. Hazel is hired at Nella's publishing house, and Nella's excited to have a friend, but Hazel ain't there to make friends. She scoops Nella on a manuscript and has hours-long secret meetings with Nella's boss. And of course, this leads to Hazel being the office favorite, and it threatens to sideline Nella's career. Mm, Honestly, that's relatable. Yep. Mine eyes have seen the hater land. (laughs) You remember Invisible Man? When the narrator finds out Mr. Bledsoe wrote him a negative letter of recommendation while pretending that he was supporting him, which is the reason why he wasn't able to get into college, Mm -hmm. Mr. Bledsoe was white and the unnamed narrator was black. And the narrator getting into college wouldn't hurt Mr. Bledsoe in any way. He Mm. was already a successful white man in a whole other state, but he still went out of his way to be a hater. Mm, Yeah, there are some haters that be hating in truly nonsensical ways. Mr. Bledsoe saw the narrator's light and he tried to put it out. I don't even know what I call that trope. Hating to be hating, I guess. I think if I were to write about haters, I'd do it in the fictional long-form way because... I'm no songwriter or memoirist, but I make it a personal rule to not bring up my haters in public forums. Mm. Like, imagine you're giving an interview, reading your wedding vows, or even delivering an acceptance speech, and you use even a fraction of that time to address a hater. The hater wants to, at that point, like, break Mm. off a piece of that award and hand it over because they're winning in that moment. Basically. Let me tell it, nobody did anything wrong to me. Everyone's shown love. I like to thank God and my mama, period. (laughs) You say that, but the people going to know you lying <laughs> about it. Yeah. I mean, they can't prove it unless someone comes out and is like, no, I hated her. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we all want anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, that would be a moment of drama that no one, nobody would be mad at. I actually hate her. And I'm mad she is succeeding. <laughs> Katie, where is that beat coming from? It's coming from the heart. You know, you rarely hear from the haters themselves. But that changes today. You want to know why I'm hating on you? Because I'm a hater. That's what haters do, duh. I'm in a Honda. You whip in the range. I see you out. I'm a hater on everything. Those full eyebrows, I hate them. Your outfit going to shade it. Hated is a game. And baby, I'm going to play it. Do not collect 200. Do not press go. Because when I hate boo, it won't be low. I won't stop even when you're at the top. I'll be waiting for a bucket and a mop. Hating on you is so much fun. Bonnie and Clyde, I'll hate on the run. Smitty Webber, Min Jensen, I'm hater number one. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Somebody sign me. <laughs> now it's time for roll credits, Eve's. Who or what would you like to give credit to this week? I would like to give credit to Katie for her impeccable rapping skills (laughs) that she has been developing and honing since we were in middle school. Yes. (laughs) Making raps together. I am so proud of you, Katie. Thank you. (laughs) Who would you like to give credit to today? I would like to give credit to soup. Homemade soup Mm. is good. You know what I'm saying? I love making homemade soup for other people. 
I was under the impression that homemade soup was like inferior at one point. I think it's because we grew up in a very manufactured time. Yeah. Very 90s. You want to go to McDonald's. Very soup candy. You want to go to Wendy's. Very microwavy. Get that chili. But the homemade soup is where it's at. And on that note, <laughs> we'll link to the songs we mentioned today in the show notes for this episode at OnTheme.show. We'll be back next episode. See ya. On Theme is a production of iHeartRadio and Fairweather Friends Media. This episode was written by Eves Jeffco and Katie Mitchell. It was edited and produced by Tari Harrison. Follow us on Instagram at OnTheme.show. You can also send us an email at hello at onTheme.show. Head to OnTheme.show to check out the show notes for episodes. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.